Hello, 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 good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I am, as always, your genial host, Anthony J. Eschettino. And um, after last week, where we did a little bit of a one-off episode about the election, uh, I'm going to go back right now to um, World War II. Uh, I'm going to, uh, you know, I had said before, we could turn World War II into a five or six, I mean, heck, we could turn it into a ten-episode um, deal, but I, I, I won't do that because... Um, you know, I mean, I could do it. It would be easy enough. But I want to keep people interested in things. And I recognize that a lot of people, you know, they, they want to get the Reader's Digest version, as we say. So <clears throat> for for right now, we're going to take up, uh, we're going to take up with where we left off. And where we left off was uh, the, the Second World War, Germany, uh, you know, running over Poland the Soviet Union invading, um, you know, I, I've made the argument before, um, the Poles actually, you know, to their credit, they dealt with the Germans fairly well. Um, it really was when the, the, the Russians, the Soviet forces, invaded from the other side. That's what crippled them. Um, and I'm not saying they would have won against Germany. I think Germany really... They hit them hard. They hit them hard enough. But I will say that it, it, it would not have been, you know, I mean, everyone's like, oh, three weeks they overran them. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, again, <clears throat> you know, Germany had the advantage on everything. Now, with France, um, you know, there, the, the, France had more tanks, more aircraft, more artillery, everything. And still Germany overran them. And why they overran them was fairly simple. Um, unlike in World War One with the Schlieffen Plan, which was the idea of, you know, hitting them and, and, and coming up, the Manstein Plan was an idea that, you know what, they're never going to expect us to hit them through the Ardennes, through the forest. But unlike World War One. We've got tanks, we've got, you know, uh, the ability to really hit hard and hit quickly. And in the military sense, uh, speed, uh, you know, <laughs> we talk about this in uh, American sports, speed kills, okay? And I think that it's the same way with, uh, you know, the, the military speed kills. The Germans, even though they didn't have... Uh, tanks that were equivalent to the French tanks, they massed them and they punched through. And the the British, as I said at the end of my last uh, podcast about World War One, I was sorry, World War Two. The, the British basically got to a point where they were like, "Oh, geez, this is not going well," and they abandoned the continent. the The French were left to fight on their own against the Germans. Um, if you look at it statistically, the French inflicted more casualties on the Germans in the last three weeks. It was a six-week battle, pretty much. The uh, French inflicted more casualties on the Germans in the final three weeks than the Germans inflicted on them. Now, you could make the argument, you'd be like, well, that's because the Germans were mopping up. Yes, 
Um, <clears throat> the British fled. Uh, they withdrew everything. Uh, the f- famous, um, you know, retreat from Dunkirk, where basically they got everyone who had a boat to flee from, uh, you know, the, the continent. They shipped everyone out of there. Um, now, that's, you know, Dunkirk is, is a situation where, <clears throat> if you look back historically, Hitler wanted the British to be okay with what he was doing. He believed, up until 1941, really, that the British would, at some point, be like, all right, you know what, Germany, you can have the continent. We'll have the seas, we'll have the ocean, we'll have all of the colonies that are outside. Now, that's what Germany had expected to happen, but the British were were not down with that. Churchill... To his great acclaim. And by the way, for those of you who are interested, um, the best biography of Churchill um, that I've ever read uh, is by Roy Jenkins. Roy Jenkins wrote, uh, you know, a biography, Churchill. It is fantastic. Uh, Seriously, read it. Read it, you will understand the man, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, You'll get it. But England was not willing to stand back and and just let Germany run over things. And so in 1940, eventually when the French capitulated, uh, you know, Germany was like, okay, well, that's it. We're done. After that, the British refused, and so the Germans started bombing them and nightly bombings. The Blitz and... It was a terrible event. Um, To their credit, the royal family refused to leave London. Okay. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, whom, if you're listening right now, uh, Queen Elizabeth, um, I would love to have a a sit-down and chat with you. You are always welcome at Three Treetops Drive. Um, You know, I, I understand that the current government you're not thrilled about, but you're welcome here. And if you want to have a sit-down and chat... I will go there and, uh, you know, Prince Charles, you're also, you're, you're always welcome over here. So anyway, the, the bottom line was that by 1940, um, the Germans figured that it was all over. It was all over but the crime. And so they started bombing the British on a nightly basis. But the problem was that they didn't have, the Germans never had adequate long-range bombers. They had... Uh, you know, the Heinkels, the, you know, and, and the, the, the ME-210s. Uh, but they didn't have adequate long-range bombers. And so what happened was the British kept on, you know, fighting them off. And <clears throat> here's where we get to the point where everyone likes to talk about. One of, one of the major issues. And I, because I love all of you that listen to me. I'm going to end things for those people who argue this right now. Operation Sea Lion, the invasion of the British islands by Germany, never was going to happen. Yes, you've heard it right. It was never going to happen. The German military never had the ability to do it. First of all... 
uh, the the Admiral Raider argued that, look, we have to be able to have dominance in both the air and in the sea. They never, the Germans never accomplished either. The British always had, first of all, with the Navy, the home fleet, the British always had an absolute dominance in the home fleet, okay? Second of all, as far as the air uh, superiority goes, yeah, the Germans bombed them every night, but the British had an absolute superiority. They could retreat a little bit and then counterattack. You know, the British, every time a British plane got shot down, the pilots landed on British soil. So, yes, the plane was knocked out, but the pilot was safe, and the pilot would get right back in there in the next plane. With the Germans, it was the opposite. Any German pilots that were shot down were taken captive by the British. Um, you know, the, the, the Operation Sea Lion, the invasion of England, they've wargamed this out, okay? I'll, I'll save you some trouble here. If you want to wargame it out, go ahead. The bottom line, and if you're an Axis and Allies fan, and I am a big Axis and Allies fan, okay? The, the game is a fantastic game. But the idea of launching, you know, on, on the first term for Germany, you know, launching Operation Sea Line, it doesn't work, okay? Uh, at most, according to a lot of wargaming estimates, the Germans would have been able to put a couple of, maybe, maybe a couple of divisions. They would have been overrun. They would have been cut off. They didn't have the ability to resupply uh, by land or by sea. It, it didn't matter, okay, by air. And so the Germans never had that. So the Germans were basically dealing with the fact that they were trying to get England to, you know, play ball. And England didn't play ball. Okay? They didn't play ball. They kept on fighting. And that was a major problem for the Germans. Even though, again, uh, you know, they did have the advantage, as opposed to World War I, was that they had... Uh, they, they had captured the Western Front. France was defeated, so they didn't have to worry about that. But what they did have to worry about was the Eastern Front, okay? And if you look at Germany and you look at the history of the, the German Empire, it has always been about the Lebensraum, the living space to the east. They always were going to the east, um, you know, Hitler and Mein Kampf, you know, the German living space to the east, it was never going to be, I mean, you know, yes, France, you know, it was nice to beat France, but the Germans were always going to the east, and they always viewed the Slavic people as a kind of, and I have to say this, they always view them as subhuman. They're not, obviously, I mean, there's no question about that. <clears throat> so what happened was the Germans were looking at this, and they had a tremendous amount of time. Now, Mussolini decided, stupidly, to invade the Balkans um, and, you know, to try and, and get that. And so Hitler, by 41, had to send troops to help out. But the bottom line is, by 1940, by the middle of 1940, the Germans were planning the invasion of Russia. And the idea was, well, we'll knock them out and we'll uh, establish this living space for Germans. 
And that'll be that. Now, um, <clears throat> everything comes along, and then all of a sudden, come June 1941, the Germans launch a massive invasion. The biggest invasion, uh, the, the largest number of troops, tanks, aircraft that's ever happened. Uh, and in the beginning, the Germans uh, run roughshod over the Soviets. Now, the Soviets were, you know, in the beginning, were like, you know, Stalin was was pretty petrified about this. The Germans obliterated the Russians, okay? There was, there was very, very little uh, defensive, uh, you know, forces. And it looked like by the end of 1941, Germans were going to have... Russia is part of the, you know, the empire. And who knows what's going to happen after that. But it didn't. And here's why it didn't. Because the Germans launched their attack a little later than they would have liked to. Now, uh, again, I don't like to, uh, you know, smack talk the Italians. But Mussolini was an idiot, okay? The, the Italian people are a great people. Believe me. I should know. I'm one of them. But Mussolini was an idiot. And Mussolini thought he knew what the heck he was doing, and he didn't know what he was doing. Now, Mussolini launches this attack into Greece, and the Greeks beat the living bejesus out of them and, and force them back, and they have to have the Germans come in. But the key here is that the Germans launched their offensive into Russia later than they would have liked to. And the result of that is, you know, in, in, in Russia, once the fall and the fall to winter comes about, you start getting the quagmire of uh, the, the ground becomes soaked. You can't go over. I mean, the Germans, you know, yes, they're, they're, for the most part, they were the advantage the Germans had was in their mobile uh, forces. And when the the uh, you know grounds became sogged that ended okay so the Germans had a problem <clears throat> I mean in nineteen forty one in December of nineteen forty one the Germans got within viewing distance they could view through their uh, the binoculars they could view uh, the Saint Peter's Basilica in Moscow they were there. It was theirs for the taking. And then it wasn't. The Russians launched massive counterattacks, beat the Germans back. The Germans were, were, were forced to retreat. <clears throat> um, and then it was a case of, okay, well, 1942 comes around. Now, I'm not going to go that much in 1942 right now. What I'm going to say is that you know, a lot of historians view it and they're like, well, Germany, they, they, when they didn't win in 1941, that was it. I disagree. I think the Germans really still had the advantage. They had the advantage until 1943, which I will talk about in my next episode. But the Germans really had an advantage. Um, they continued... After their defeat in 1941, after they were thrown back from the gates of Moscow, they continued to attack and were very successful in 1942. Um, they captured hundreds of thousands of Soviet uh, prisoners. 
it was it was very uh, you know it was a very successful uh, s- uh, spring and and summer attack. Now, <clears throat> what we're talking about though is the fact that the Germans at that point they had lost enough troops where they and they had to make certain decisions about what are we going to do. And the real key was the following. They made a decision, Hitler and company made a decision to launch attacks in the South. Now, this was, this was a smart choice. They would take the oil fields in the Caucasus, okay, uh, which were very, very needed by the Germans at that point. Uh, the, the Soviets were still on the, the you know, their, their back heel. They still were, were falling apart. There was just one thing that stopped the Germans, and that was the city of Stalingrad. Now, for those of you who are just listening here, uh, in the old days, Grad, G-R-A-D, was, means the city of. So you have Leningrad, the city of Lenin. Stalingrad, <clears throat> city of Stalin. Uh, Stalin was like, hey, listen, uh, we've got this city, Volgograd, the city of the Volga. Um, I think we should rename it. What do you guys think? And then people are like, <laughs> what, what would you like to name it there, uh, you know, uh, uh, a comrade? And Stalin was like, uh, what, what about Stalingrad, the city of Stalin? Everyone's like, that's the greatest name I could ever have thought of ever in the history of the... And Stalin was like, yeah, that's me too. I thought that that was great. Maybe I won't have all of you killed right now. And they were like, oh, what a wonderful name. Okay, so anyway, the city was named Stalingrad. Hitler felt that seizing Stalingrad, I mean, it was a strategic location, there was no question about that. If you actually look on the maps, and hopefully those of you listening to me will go ahead right now, go ahead, go look at a map of Volgograd, Stalingrad, and it was the key to the oil region in the Caucasus, okay? So the, the Germans did need to take the city. Also, it was Stalingrad. I mean, you take the city of your the guy who you're fighting against. I mean, that's insulting, man. You know, this guy's going to be like, damn it all. They took my city, you know. So the Germans invaded and it turned into the single most epic battle uh, in history. I don't think it'll ever be surpassed because because. Uh, today, you just don't have that. You just don't have hundreds of thousands of soldiers, thousands of tanks. Stalingrad was, uh, without question, the, when I say greatest battle, I mean most significant. Most significant battle of the war. Okay? The Germans poured troops in, the Soviets poured troops in, uh, there were, I mean, it was fighting, it was door to door, it was house to house. I mean, it was just epic levels. I mean, you know, the average life expectancy of a German lieutenant, I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken here, the average life expectancy of a German and Soviet lieutenant was something like 15 minutes. I mean, these guys were just rushing into battle and, you know, the the, the grain mill I mean, there's all things. My brother right now would be correcting me on all of this because he's 
much more an expert on uh, Stalingrad than I, I I will ever be. I mean, he knows he knows every single thing. But the bottom line, the 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 the, uh, the tractor factory, the 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 Soviets took over ninety percent of the city, and then what happened was the uh, the the Germans had I'm sorry the Germans had ninety percent of the city, and then the Soviets launched a counterattack on the outskirts, and they surrounded the city. Okay. Um, it was, it was an absolute, the the Germans had no idea it was coming and they did it. And so the Soviets forced the Germans into what they called the Kessel, the cauldron. Now, in the beginning, the Germans could have fought their way out and they wanted to fight their way out. But Hermann Goering, with breathtaking irresponsibility... Assured Hitler that no, no, I can supply them with the air force. The the Luftwaffe can supply them. The Luftwaffe could not supply them at all. Okay, and eventually, the Soviets just tightened the noose. And in uh, uh, by January of nineteen forty three, the Germans had surrendered in Stalingrad. This is ninety two thousand surrendered. Of the 92,000 that surrendered, about 5,000 ended up living after the war. Um, terrible conditions. But the Soviets had won a major, major battle. Okay? I mean, there's just n- n- nothing. You, you can't put too fine a point on it. The Battle of Stalingrad was, for all intents and purposes the key battle on the Eastern Front. Now, afterwards, and I'll get into this in another episode, don't worry about it. I know some of you are probably like, what about Kursk? Yes, we'll talk about Kursk. The Germans, however, the Sixth Army was obliterated. I mean, the Germans lost. And one of the things that I always say, um, you know, with Germany in World War II, Germany in World War II, the intelligence agencies were horrible. Okay, horrible, horrible, horrible. I mean, they were, you know, they were like, oh, the Soviets, they've got, you know, maybe uh, 25 divisions, 50 divisions. Oh, wait, they've got 500 divisions. I mean, it's one thing to be like, okay, well, you know, you estimate that they've got 30 divisions and they've got 40 divisions. Okay, that's, I mean, it's, it's not good. But the German intelligence agencies were horrific in their underestimation of Soviet forces. The Soviets had so many more units than the Germans ever anticipated. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, listen, I'm not a fan of it, but the Soviets were willing to just be like, all right, listen, we're just going to just keep throwing soldiers at the Germans. The German the the German soldier on the Eastern Front fought uh, you could say heroically. I mean, I'm not a fan of, of, of Germany in World War II for obvious reasons. Uh, but, you know, the individual soldier fought very well. The Soviets simply outnumbered them and, and completely overwhelmed them. There was nothing they could do. They fought hard. And, and in many cases, uh, Germans inflicted horrific horrific uh, casualties on the Soviets. 
even into 1943 and then into 1944, but the Soviets just were like, oh, that's great. We've lost, you know, we're losing 20 to 1. Uh, We're just going to keep on attacking. And they did. They did. And that's why 9 out of every 10, and this is something I want those of you listening to me right now, 9 out of every 10 German soldiers who died in the Second World War died on the Eastern Front. That that should say something to you. Nine out of ten died on the Eastern Front. I mean, the Soviets simply ground the Germans to dust. Yes, the Allies, the Americans, the British, they bombed the living bejesus out of the Soviets. That's true. But the the I'm sorry, the Germans. But the Soviets. Simply, I mean, it was just, okay, we're going to lose 10 to 1, but you're going to eventually run out of troops before we do. And this is where, when we talk of the military, we talk about things like wars of attrition. And we talked about that with World War One. And if you haven't listened to my World War One, uh, you know, go, go listen to it. But that's <clears throat> what happened. The uh, Soviets simply outfought the Germans. They ground them to dust on the Eastern Front, and the Germans never could recover from that. Uh, their tanks, their soldiers, their elite units, their aircraft didn't matter. Uh, you know, so by 1944, when the Allies finally managed to, you know, land, I mean, in 43, there's landing in Italy, but in 44, with D-Day, um, it, it, you know, the Germans by that point were a beaten force. And I will argue that with anyone who wishes to argue against me. Um, <clears throat> by 1944, the Germans were done. Okay, they were done. It was just a matter of finishing it up. Uh, and so I would say, if you want to have that discussion, by all means, you know, let me know. Uh, but it it took until, you know, spring of 1945 because the Germans refused to give in and, and, and because many of them were not willing to give in for various reasons, which I will talk about in future episodes here. But I want to talk about the fact that, you know, where, where we're going to leave off right here is that with World War II, the Germans managed to accomplish... Everything that they thought they wanted in World War One, they had Lebensraum. They had the living space in the east. They had taken huge chunks of Russia, uh, Poland. Um, you know, it was it was it was a dream come true. You know, if you were German in 1941 and going into 1942, you were like, man, this is fantastic, and yet. Within a year and a half, everything came crashing down on them. And we're going to talk about why it did in the next episode. So for now, I want to leave you with this. And, uh, you know, I want to say, um, I hope everyone is being safe. Okay? Please, please wear your masks. Um, Please, uh, you know, keep social distancing. Um, they listen, listen to my podcasts. I've got a lot of them out there, okay? You know, take your time. 
listen to my podcast and enjoy it. And, uh, you know, we're going to go the next episode with uh, World War II, uh, Section 3. We're going to talk about what happened not only in the East with Germany, but I'm going to talk a bunch about Japan. And that is a fascinating scenario because Japan, um, you know, they, they really, you want to talk about, you know, putting on the turbo boost, okay? They go nuts. Um, Japan becomes a massive force in the East, in the Far East, uh, except that then they decide they're going to provoke war with America, and it doesn't work out so well for them. In fact, we we just had the anniversary of the atomic bombing, and uh, today's the other anniversary. But I'll talk about that when I go into my uh, Japan, and when I go into World War Two Part Three uh, next week. In the meantime, um, I welcome everyone. Please, if you have an issue, uh, if you want to say something, send me uh, an email. You know, uh, over over regular. You know. Uh, at Antonius Optimus, I love it. Um, I'm always willing to hear out everyone that's listening to me, uh, and that's that. So I hope all of you are doing well, and um, I I give my love and my safety to all of you, and we will talk again soon. Bye bye.